Okay, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. We are currently in the midst of breaking down Heartbreak Ridge, and we've reached minute 64 on this fine Monday morning. This minute begins with Lieutenant Ring walking into Face the Music and C Major Powers, and it ends with Chuzu recalling a past conversation he had with Major Powers. And before we get into the minute, I'm Brian Lockhart. I'm Jack Perry. Hey everybody, this is Brad Mendenhall from the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Real excited to be here for these minutes. These are good minutes. Yeah, actually, they are, and we're really glad that you decided to, to join this shit show. <laughs> Class it up a little bit for us. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, I'm supposed to be bringing the class. Shit, I'm drinking wine out of a <laughs> snow mug here, so we are we're just screwed, guys. Oh, good man, <laughs> you're in fine company then. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I watched this movie so many times growing up. I didn't. I was um, I was probably ten or so years old when this came out, and I have a lot of affection for it, and it's pretty interesting watching it now and realizing this was pretty much the end of Clint Eastwood as an action star. He, he did the rookie after this, but even the, but he's definitely switching from being an action star to being the old guy who's he he was like the old grizzled veteran, but he was still the toughest guy on the block, and this is the end of that for the most part. That's that you're actually right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause even in the rookie, he was, um, he was the mentor for Charlie Sheen and who was like the young upstart, you know? So it, it, he's, yeah, he was, he's the aging veteran at that point in, in all those movies. Yeah. It's pretty, it, it's funny. It just makes you realize how long Clint Eastwood's been an old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he, well, he ages well. <laughs> Yeah, it's only been in the last few years where he actually is starting to show his age, because even in his seventies, he was still a very uh, in shape, yeah. you know, fit guy. And I'm like, geez, I mean, I'd be lucky to look like that when I'm seventy. I'd be lucky to look like that now. And you know, he's still running around everywhere. Uh, but it's you know, now when you see him, he he looks he looks his age. He's yeah, he's starting to look like the villain from Poltergeist too. <laughs> Well, I just remember in uh, Grand Torino where he punched a guy. I was like, oh, that looks a little silly. Like, you could tell everyone's like, come on, Clint, you can do it. Lift your arm up. Uh, boy, I'm going to have to really sell this punch because there, he, he ain't putting nothing behind it. You be you believe him, though, because of, in that movie, especially because of his character. I, we, I've always kind of, obviously, like, that character is a lot more racist than, say, Gunny Highway. But it's almost yeah. as if Gunny Highway retired and went to Detroit and, yeah. <laughs> and lived, you know, in this, in this old neighborhood and all that. I mean, cause it's almost like the continuation of this character and almost. Yeah. I mean, but he's so intense in that movie. It was a good movie too, man. Yeah. But it probably, uh, it, and it's interesting because, uh, Heartbreak Ridge is a movie. Uh, Clint directed that as well. Clint can be such a good director, but he's, he can also be a lazy director, which is part of why people like working for him, where uh, he's he said he he only likes doing one or two takes. He likes to get through a take and it gives like a, a real vibrancy to his movies. But then there's sometimes like, hey, that could some of these movies could use one or two more go arounds. Gran Torino, I think, was his last so far great movie because it, that freshness really worked well. 
but yeah, and uh, he also doesn't act too much anymore. So right, yeah, he's mainly behind the camera. Yeah, um, which makes sense. There's only so many roles for really, really, really old guys in movies. Yeah, especially when he's used to being a tough action star, or like you said, the grizzled veteran that's kind of handing off to the younger generation, or being the mentor, like in uh, Million Dollar Baby or something like that. But I mean, he found himself a role in The Mule. He was the star of that. I, I hadn't seen that. No, me neither. I'm failing as a Clint Eastwood fan. I did not see this one yet. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of Clint Eastwood movies, man. I still haven't seen in there. It's yeah. So you know, or you're not the only one on the hook. Mule <laughs> was sort of fun to watch Clint, but there was definitely a lot of old guy wish fulfillment. They they made fun of it on SNL, where uh, at two different points, uh, Clint had three ways. Oh. And like, come on, let's not kid ourselves, buddy. You're you're getting real close to ninety. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of the uh, female community that still hold down that Sean Connery. They they'd they'd still. So I'm pretty sure if if Clint, you know, I imagine he could probably swing it. <laughs> I'm not talking about the women being willing. I'm just yeah, at that age, you're just happy to have a one way, much less a yeah. three way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't say he'd be an active participant. I just said, you know, he'd probably swing it. He's no, he's no Hugh Hefner, you know? No. <laughs> so, yeah, Brad, you, you know, you talked a little bit about your history with this movie. So you saw it at a young age, just like us. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was one of those reoccurring HBO movies. I saw it with my dad. He didn't intend to see it with me at first. He actually had my uncle come over and re- he rented the movie. And I just found my way closer and closer to watching that movie with them. And then I, I was probably 10, 12 when that came out. <laughs> so a little probably too young for the movie, but uh, it, it stuck with me. And, and here we are breaking it down minute by minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's a little bit, what's funny is an action movie, but it's a little bloodless. You do at the end have the big action finale, but when you compare it to say Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, uh, God forbid RoboCop, it, it it doesn't feel quite as uh it's not as bloody uh it does sort of do a TV thing where you know the soldiers shoot at the bad guys the bad guys sort of like shake their arms a little and fall down yeah <laughs> you know don't get me wrong there is going to be a thing of like tell the kids like hey don't worry they're all actors but it, it's not a thing where you know you, you, there's not a lot of blood packets exploding on this enemy soldiers you don't see Clint's entire platoon get wiped out which thank god because that would defeat the purpose of the movie well yeah i think the whole the whole point was you know it was his his last big contribution to the marine corps his uh you know he he did something with a unit that you go through the entire movie where they're basically treated like dog shit now that's again there's very few things about this movie that are historically accurate (laughs) but you, you you get uh you know the unit that the what's supposed to be normally a, like an elite unit of Marines, right? But th- in in this movie, they're the sh- the shitbirds. You know they're highly trained, but undisciplined. Well, you say highly trained. I mean, like getting your jump wings and your scuba bubble is not easy. It it takes that takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of effort. It's not something that they just give you. And some of the some of the Marines had them on their uniforms, but they're not treated and they don't behave in a way until he shows up that kind of puts them on the path. And then you get to the end of the movie and you kind of get the impression that, you know, things could have been so much worse. And I think that was his last his his, his last hurrah, his last uh, 
contribution. You know, at the end of the movie, you can tell like at that point he's done. He's he's tired of fighting that fight. Well, he he says it a few times throughout the course of the movie. There, there's a recurring theme: is he doesn't want these guys sent home in body bags. Right. Uh, and every time, and that's sort of where his problems is with powers, especially is like, hey, what you're doing, the way you're setting things up, mm-hmm. is going to end up with a bunch of kids getting killed, and he doesn't want that. No. So if you had a lone survivor thing where they all go and there actually is very little of this movie is in the final action scene, but it shouldn't be, it, it shouldn't be him and like a dirty dozen thing or lone survivor where Clinton, one other guy survives because yeah. that would mean he failed and we want Gunny to succeed. Yeah. Cause even in these three minutes, the discussion he's having with Chuzu is, is exactly it's centered on that very theme right there. Yep. Exactly. His whole mission statement for this whole this movie is I'm going to make them Marines. I'm going to make sure that we don't lose the next war because they're not prepared. And that's that's his only goal in life. You know, because we, we talk about as a whole part of this movie is what does this guy do? He's about to get out of the Marine Corps. They, they make very early in the movie. They they address the fact that he's he does. He's a short timer. He does not have a lot of time left. Yeah. You know, they, they joke that most guys, you know, in his position would be looking forward to retirement, but he's very gung-ho. He's the type of guy that's going to have a hard time adjusting to civilian life. So he's kind of lost in his place in his world, in, in this world, especially when he gets out. And, you know, we also kind of speculate that's his whole, that's where a little subplot with his wife comes in too. Like, what is he going to do post? His whole identity is centered around that Marines. uniform. Yep. But yeah, but he even says like, Next time, it's not going to be because these guys are ill-prepared. That's his mission in life at this point. <laughs> yeah. At least for the short term. Yeah, Chuzu comes into the bar, man, and you can tell right away. He's, he sees something's wrong with his friend, right? So, like, when, when he gets there, he, he could tell, like, he's, he's seen Tom Highway in this probably more than once. He says, like, you know, are we going to do this? Because if, if so, I'm your man. So you can probably imagine how many bar fights they got in together just because Tom Highway was pissed off. You know, he right. had a bad day at the office. The whole setup for the beginning of this minute, you know, we we kind of skipped over the fact that Lieutenant Ring is we just kind of get the follow up from after last minute where Gunny tells him recon. Right. He's proud of himself. He's he's he's, he's going in there proudly take his ass eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got a smile on his face until he actually goes to walk in and then it kind of turns to like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's it, though. Like, that doesn't actually... We, we never get any follow-up to that. It just well, cuts to the bar. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, and I really like... You give a lot of credit, because Ring could could have very easily been the caricature of the college boy who is put in charge of a group that he has no business being in charge of, and either gets himself killed, gets everyone killed... Or becomes the butt of the joke where it could have been stripes where they just prank him the whole time. No, he obviously was out of his depth and was relying on Highway more than leading Highway. But he also, the guy had balls mm. and, wanted to, and wanted to learn and wanted to be a good commander for this group. And I give him a lot of credit for that. And at the end of the movie, he shows he's like, oh, yeah, he, he's... Don't get me wrong, he still not doesn't have the experience and he isn't the strategist or anything like that, but this is a guy who has guts and sort of earns uh, Highway's respect. Yeah. That's the thing. There's, there's a very... There, so 
boot boot marines and boot off well boot officers and boot enlisted often behave very much the same way there's an idealistic way that marines believe and it's 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 funny cuz you watch them and you like a, a boot marine is all oorah proud and it's 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 a it's it's a weird look and then as you get a little bit of time away from that and you get a little bit more seasoned right well, boot officers i imagine are probably a little bit more um radical in that where they're in charge of things right away. Like regardless of technically a, a boot Lieutenant, a Lieutenant Butterbars outranks uh, a senior or a um, well, senior staff NCO, just pick one. Yeah. Like, like both Chuzu and Gunny, like Lieutenant ring would, uh, would outrank them, but yep. nobody would argue that he has more experience or knowledge of uh, being an infantry Soldier, or even an off. I'm sorry, I said soldier. Jesus, listen to me. <laughs> you boo. You should know better than that. You shit. <laughs> or being an infantry marine, or or even an infantry officer, they they yeah. probably know more about being an officer than he does at this point. All he's yep. done is gone to school. Yeah, the paper versus the reality. Yeah. Now there are some people that don't have any respect for that, and they just think I'm in charge, like you said. And then there's others who learn from. Yes, technically they are in charge and they outrank them, but they are going to learn and rely on them to get shit done. Yeah. I mean, I think, what is it in, I think it's Stripes where he said, you know, you don't call me sir, I work for a living. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it had been very possible that Lieutenant Ring could have ended up like Major Powers had he not had that, uh, had Gunny not, you know, like recon. Had he not done that? And gone in there and sent him in there. He might have turned jaded. He might have become that coward, where he didn't realize the validation of doing the right thing. You know, it might have been. It might sucks to get your ass chewed, but you're doing the right thing. There's a sense of pride in that. You're like, yeah, fuck, fine, I'll take it. I'll take the hit because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, and that's where he showed his balls because he up until that point he just seemed like the goofy, nerdy kind of. Mm -hmm. You know, like he, like Gunny even said, does his mama know he's playing Marine? Right. Uh, he, he just was out of his depth, and he seemed to be coming at it from a more um, a, a book or intellectual uh, way, and where Gunny's more of a hands-on. Yeah, hands exactly, hands-on, <laughs> old-school type of uh, way of doing things. But he was also treating it like a job. The, yeah. the, the great scene earlier where he he wasn't able to go with them because he had a doctor's appointment. <laughs> Right. That's what I do as a software tester. My day job, I'm a software tester. Hey, if I have to go to a doctor's appointment, I go to a doctor's appointment and uh, set it up. But that's not what being a Marine, especially for for highway is. It's no, that he is a Marine. He's not a guy whose job is being a Marine. He is a Marine. Yeah. Which is the conflict in his life. And it's why his marriage fell apart. And it's why he has a tough time, like, functioning in society. <laughs> Marine rules are a little different. <laughs> but that's almost like the story of this movie is he's trying to learn how to sort of give up being a Marine. And he's going to try to be a, a partner to his ex-wife and, and back away from it while teaching Mario Van Peebles and the, the, lieutenant, the lieutenant is like, OK, you're the guys who have to be the Marines now because yeah. he can't do it forever. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. He, and, and of course, he's. He's learning how to be a civilian and be more sensitive through uh, reading like Vogue and, and Red Book and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, every time I see him with those magazines, I feel like I'm about to get my period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm like, oh no, Gunny, no. <laughs> He's trying his best, you know. <laughs> yeah, to to what soften up. That's what a guy like Highway would see as being more sensitive. It isn't like, oh, listening to your wife or talking to people or seeing a shrink, God forbid. It's like, no, women. Oh, women like women magazines. I will read these now. It's like, oh, okay, you crazy bastard. <laughs> right, right. It's almost like he got the uh, intel or the like the battle plans from the enemy, uh, you know, military, and he's going to read them so he can kind of study up on them and learn their techniques. And it, yeah. it, it, that's that's how he's treating these women magazines. Like, I got some I got some intel that, you know, they don't know I have that I can. <laughs> <laughs> I figured them out. I got the inner working. I got their little manual here. <laughs> if you if you push on this button a few times, you get anything you want. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a possible future movie we might do, but every time that I see Gunny trying to learn to be sensitive by reading these books and, and he's kind of reading them out loud, I always think of Major Payne when he just gives the, the okay sign to, you know, Sanso Tiv. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually wondered about this whole, the whole kickoff of Chuzu coming into the Globe and Anchor bar. Yeah. He he kind of he he's seen this before. He kind of probably knew he had to show up. Yeah, he doesn't blink once. He sits down and he's watching him. It's like uh, I don't know, man. We, we we've had friends. We've been there. We've seen you know, and, and even even outside of the military, you just you know when you're there for your buddy and your buddy's just had a bad day. You've been there enough times and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's almost as if like let's say Gunny broke up with his girlfriend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and his best friends come in like, hey, let's well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Now I, I'm wondering what 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 caused this? Was the fact that he got reamed uh, in in Major Power's office and just had a bad day? Like he he had a win when it came to doing the ambush exercise. Now obviously that messed with Major Powers' plan and he was pissed and he hold him in his office and he chewed his ass Yeah, and he threatened to kick him out of the Marine Corps. And he did, he did say, you know, he did kind of attack him personally. And maybe this is what, where this is all coming from him sitting here sulking in the bar and choosing needing to go make sure he's okay. Is the fact that major Powers said, I'm going to run you out of the Corps, but the worst, the best thing about it is you're going to do all the work. You're going to get, you're going to get drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to circum circumvent the rules, everything. Yep. So now, but I, but I, you would think a guy like Gunny Highway, who's been into the Marine Corps as long as he has been, and has yep. had maybe some conflict with some limp dicks, as he put it. Yeah. <laughs> he would be used to getting his ass reamed by, at least at some point. So you wouldn't think that would make him go want to drink himself to I, the point where his buddy has to show up. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're, you're, you're right. But I think, too, you think back, I think. I think Gunny Highway has got a little touch of self-destructive. Yeah, I think they kind of hinted that, you know, with his his um, drunken, disorderly. Yep. That uh, you know, kind of even Major Powers, as much as he's an asshole, when he first met Gunny, he he kind of mentioned about, well, you're the type of Marine that should be sealed in a case of glass and says break only in case of war. Yeah. So you wonder how much of this might have been translated in today's terms as you know, PTSD, like how many conflicts is Tom Highway seen, right? Yeah. Uh, how many, how many, exactly. I mean, he's, he's a Congressional Medal of Honor winner, the character is anyway, right? So you got this, this hardened, grizzled Marine that's, that's coming to the end of his identity. To him, it's yeah. like, it's the clock's running on his life. 
it's the only life he's ever known. And right. he's in he's he's put in a box and he's told to be something that he's not. So the only thing he knows how to do is drink, fight, fuck, fuck shit up. <laughs> you know? Well, even the judge said early on, just because there's no war for you to fight doesn't mean you can go starting one. Yeah. Well, I also think highway part of part of why he's drinking, he thinks there's a good chance that powers is right. And he, I think he has this plan. It's like, I want to come back to where it started or, you know, co- you know, come back home, quote unquote, puts a task in front of himself and he's going to be goal oriented. He's going to get these schmucks into shape and turn them into Marines. But he knows that powers is right. He's going to screw this up because he can only do things one way. So he put this task in front of him. But Highway knows because of who he is. He he's not going to be able to sort of play with draw within the lines or do it, you know, follow these orders because he knows they're dumb orders. They're going to get people killed. So he realized, like, I'm going to piss off the wrong person. I don't have anyone backing me up or looking out after me. I mean, you know, he has his friend and he does have a little bit of belief in, you know, his, his commanding, you know, his direct commanding officer. That's great. But he knows that Powers is up top and no one is going to be above power. At this point, he doesn't believe anyone's above Powers is going to save his ass this time. So he, he just realizes he's going to fail and there's nothing he can do to stop it. So he's just going to drink a lot. Well, I don't think he's going to think he's going to fail. I think he's going to do what he's going to do until they find a way to get him out. That's going to happen before he can make these men Marines. Well, there are, well, technically, I mean, they're already Marines. But they just don't they don't behave they don't behave the way that they should. They- well, that's what he say. Right, exactly. I mean, he's he his version of Marines. I mean, there's plenty of Marines that are shitbirds, but he's going to make oh, yeah. real Marines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but you know what? Professional soldiers or professional uh, fighters. Right, and it does circle back to you know the, the half a second that we see Lieutenant Ring going to take his ass chewing from Major Powers. Yeah. It's be, if it wasn't for him speaking up. Powers had highway as far as he was concerned. He oh, disobeyed yeah. a direct order. You know, he was looking for any excuse to get rid of him. It all that took was just Gunny doing his job, the right thing. He actually did the right thing. Yeah. It was just that Powers is such an administrative tool that <laughs> he could have he could have found some bullshit reason to put him up on charges. Given that Gunny Highway, this is he's already had his last chance with the judge. He's already had it. This is already his second chance coming back to you know as Brad's at home. They're looking for any way to run him out. He, they would have immediately said, "All right, this is now the second or third CEO that we know of that you can't get along with. You're having conflict. You're disobeying orders. Guess what? You're retiring right now. You're going yeah. home." I mean, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have put him on they actual charges. Them out. Right? Yeah, they could have admin. Uh, was it admin separation? No, no, even not even that. He would have just been quietly retired. Yeah. Because as we talked about previously, we knew a gunnery, uh, I'm sorry, a master gunnery sergeant yep. had a conflict who was quietly retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, he ever, did he ever get his little parade? I don't remember. I don't think so. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't jar my memory any. No, I don't know. But I've did so many of them, I, they all blur into one. <laughs> yeah, but we, well, we knew the ones, we knew the ones that were getting out, or at yeah. least we're kind of familiar with them. That one. It doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't recall that. I think he went to cutting grass. <laughs> yeah, I think he just left. Uh, yeah. But this whole thing, I, I mean, I love that. Uh, I love Chuzu's great in this minute. Oh, man, he's he's awesome. He's so interesting to watch. 
he is a spitfire. Like when we talked about Gunny having all these lines and he's got the best lines, but I cannot say half the stuff. I had to write it down. I still mess it up. What Chooser <laughs> says in this minute. First off, I love when he walks in. I had to watch this from two different perspectives when I first watched, you know, watch it. Mm-hmm. When he came, when he came in, I first thought he was being self-deprecating when he saw little Mary and he said, Oh, you know, geez, you'll let anyone in here, won't you? And I thought he was referring to himself. And I was kind of taken of the old possible Groucho Marx uh, quote where he said, I will never be a member of, I'll never join a club that would have me as a member. (laughs) (laughs) But when I watch, of course, I watch it several times. I'm taking notes and, and I realized that he takes a look at Gunny sitting there pathetic at the end of the bar, drinking his beer. Beers, if you notice too, he's got about one, two, three, four, half a dozen or more Budweiser's. Stacked up. Now, there you go. Okay, so now this is uh, now the wheels are churning in my head. So, obviously, I see him, uh, you know, look at Gunny, looks back at little Mary, and then he says, geez, uh, you know, you'll let anybody into this place, won't you? So, he's yeah. talking shit to Gunny already. Which no, is right. <laughs> he's gotten over there. <laughs> and you're right. There's a ton of beers. So, now I'm thinking, you know, because I'm like, why would Chooser just show up and think that he's down in, down in the dumps and needs a friend to watch his back to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid, like pissing mm-hmm. on a police vehicle. <laughs> I'm thinking little Mary call him. You might want to get down here. Yeah. Tom's, uh, he's hitting him pretty hard. He had a rough day. You might want to check on your buddy before something stupid happens. <laughs> yeah. But if we also, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of uh, an advanced notice, but let's do uh, it. <laughs> this is, this is also his like apartment. He lives here. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, he's home having, he's basically at home having yeah, beers. He's in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> but he's having a lot of beers. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I noticed Clint Eastwood has done this a few times. He's wiping the sweat off of his face all the time. You know, he, yeah. I think he does it a few times here. He must sweat a lot when he drinks. Yeah, he's, he's like poopy. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the the poopy eye rub. and the <laughs> I did like, too, that. I, I kind of likened it to James Bond or Clark Kent when uh chooser walks in, he throws his hat on the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a trick shot, you know, making it on the head coat rack or, you know, the hat rack, but eh, it made me think of that. <laughs> Just so at home there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like these guys have shut down so many bars. Yeah. yeah. Well, this happens to be a Marine bar. So this is, this really is like going to have beers at your friend's house. And I don't think they really get into it in the movie, but if you kind of look at the subtext, you know, the, the context of what's said elsewhere, I think, you know, Tom, Tom Highway, you know, Clint Eastwood and little Mary are close. She's so happy to see him. She, he basically lives there. Well, no, he doesn't basically, he does. But Chuzu, I think, is also close with little Mary. They just don't really show, show it in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of shared history. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think she called him. <laughs> yeah. I think Chuzu is... I think he's close with everybody. I think he's a guy who, and that's what makes him so different than Highway. I think Highway is obviously a more effective soldier on the field, but I think Chuzu is, is part of his personality is he knows how to get along with people and ingratiate himself, and he's a good listener. Um, He can even deal with powers. Obviously, he's not friends with powers, but he's like the only character in the movie who is able to sort of placate powers and and it's not even kiss ass but he just knows like uh i know the magic words with everyone to sort of settle everyone down i know what everyone needs to hear 
but it's definitely uh, highway and her that he's like able to really that that he really connects with where he know it's not just that he knows what to say to make placate people but he also actually likes to communicate like they're, they're the only people that he really connects with everyone else he's like uh i know the magic words to everybody to shut him up or settle him down or turn it down a bit all right i see chuzu is like uh what tom we would have been without the 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 self-destructive venom yeah because they have like you said a shared history they kind of yeah. they they came up together now obviously he didn't have the cmh and and didn't do quite the exploits but he chewed a lot of the same ground with him as they as they say yeah and he he definitely to you know to brad's point he plays pol- he plays the game of politics there are a lot of politics when it comes to uh, day-to-day life, especially the higher up you go oh, in, man. <laughs> in the military. It's all politics. Yeah. yeah. And and he he knows, like he said, he I think there's a couple scenes where he does seem a little kiss-assish, like when he's like an unappreciated field of endeavor, sir. I, I don't think he was kissing ass. I think he was just uh, – I think he was being a smart-ass. He was being sarcastic. But, but he knows – but he's being a smart-ass <laughs> in a way that Powers doesn't catch on to. Right. Yeah, that's the best kind of smart-ass. <laughs> yeah, because even later when he, they do the ambush scene and he tells right. Major Powers, oh, it sure is handy knowing when and where you're going to get hit. And then later yeah. when he, he gets a kick out of the fact that Recon won and then he's like, oh, they sure, you know, when the Sergeant Major turned this noise off and he's like, oh, they sure do make a racket, don't they, sir? You know, yeah. and he's, <laughs> he's saying it in a very respectful way, but he's fucking with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah, he, he definitely, you know, he has the um, fatherly element that a Sergeant Major should have. Yeah. But, you know, he like you said, like he he can connect with the troops. He can connect with Gunny. He can connect or at least, you know, play the game with major powers. But I will say, though, that I have no doubt that this particular character, Sergeant Major Chuzu, could be just as much of a hard ass. Like, you don't want to fuck with him. He may be no, the nice fuck guy. No. no, he's the <laughs> nice guy. He's the, the, I'll listen to you, and I'll be the dad of the unit, but, um, and I'll get shit done, but I'm also going to pull out my belt yeah, <laughs> and put you yeah. over my knee if you fuck Sergeant out. Major of an infantry unit of Marines. Yeah. Don't let his kindness fool you for um, being soft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't, I mean, hell man, we were with the wing and we didn't fuck with our Sergeant Major at all. <laughs> that, that dude man was, was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. He was great. I got a little note when I, when I picked up, uh, when I picked up Sergeant, I got a, a note from him on my, um, on my warrant. He had it uh, sticky noted on the back of it, which was awesome. But yeah, man, he was, a, but he was an animal. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was not to be fucked with. Well, so he, I know. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, he, he chooses definitely had subordinates who they're laughing at the bar and everything's fine, and then somebody does something that's disrespectful to him, or even more important, more disrespectful to the core, mm-hmm. and they found themselves picking themselves off the floor. Oh yeah, and yeah. they didn't see the punch coming. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> well, I mean, just the way he like. I, okay, let, so I wrote this down when he says the to, uh, to Gunny Highway when he gets there. And I mean, just the, he's a wordsmith, just the, just the things he says. Um, yeah. Nobody said, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a lyrical rap yeah. master of the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. You want to get drunk, howl at the moon, get us both busted back to low ass, no rank mud rolling PFC. I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I have no doubt that he's gunny highways, man. Yep. You know, basically he's saying, let, 
hey, like you said, I you're having a bad day. Let's get drunk. Let's get this whatever it is is going on out of your system. But mm-hmm. I'm also going to do it with you so you don't get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of us has to be an adult, right? But even though he said they'll get him back, but I, mud rolling P. Have you ever heard of the term mud rolling PFC? I haven't. No, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were both there, right? I mean, just because I was doesn't mean I know what it means. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it is exactly what it is. Who's gonna get like, like when there's dirty work that needs to be done? Who's gonna do it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You know, senior Lance Corporal? No, we, we want a we want a low rank, low end, no nothing PFC. <laughs> I love his. I mean, he gets into it even more. Is it is it either? I think it's next minute where he really gets. <laughs> he really says no. He says it. He says it in this minute. So let's get into it. Like, let's continue his wordsmith. Yeah. Gunny asked him, "What are we now?" I did have a quick note about this. Like, like this is his midlife crisis he's a late blooming midlife crisis you're a little too old to be having a midlife crisis but considering that as we've already kind of highlighted he's in a transition phase of his life so i think he is having almost like an existential crisis and (laughs) but it's almost like he should go buy a motorcycle and he'll be fine (laughs) or a corvette (laughs) right i I originally was going to say ferrari but i'm like no motorcycles Motorcycles the way I would go. Yeah, he's a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. He's not going to be able to afford either. <laughs> well, right. We already know he's broke. But, yeah. but Chuzu has an answer for him. And uh, we're scroungy, brushed, short-haired bastards with meat cleavers for peckers and kerosene for blood. And Gunny's response is, that we are. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, we yeah. sure are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> no, he said, we're all that. That's for sure. That's what he said. Is that for sure? I mean... Yeah. A meat cleaver for a pecker or for pricks? Yeah. That's, um... It's not like he's going to do anything good for anybody. Right. No. <laughs> right. That's, that's wrong on so many levels. Well, well, <laughs> well I mean, you know, some people pay extra. Yeah. I'm I mean, saying. gee, I was, when I, I was like, man, man, you couldn't have come up with a better metaphor for your dick? <laughs> <laughs> meat cleavers, I mean, I, I, I can kind of get what he's maybe trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds a little rough around the edges. I mean, they are short hair bastards and <laughs> scroungy brushed, I guess, and kerosene for blood, though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Flammable, uh, combustible, explosive. Yeah. That's quite, that is, he's very poetic. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Dude. I mean, I don't know what any of it means, but it's poetic. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It rolls right off his tongue, too. The Maya Angelou of Marine Corps. Right. right. But that's the thing. I mean, he's, that's, I mean, I, I think that kind of goes back to what we've all said that he, he's a talker. (laughs) This type of talk, probably Gunny responds to that probably quite well. You know, like he, he's not, he doesn't need the whole, Hey buddy, tell me your freelance. Come on, pal. You know? Yeah. Oh no. He would say really bad words back to him if he asked him to talk about right. his feelings. Yeah, he'd yeah, he'd motherfucking right out the fucking bar. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think also too, I think it's it's like anything with any good friend, right? You you especially with Marines, because Marines live a different you know, they're a little bit more of a uh cult. Yeah. We, we it, yeah it's, a cult. it's very cultish, <laughs> yeah, a very cultish lifestyle. But Marines talk to Marines in very certain ways. And you it it the horror that you have with a, a, a group of like really good Marines 
around a bunch of other civilians of the way those Marines will talk to each other. And they will believe in their heart of hearts a fight is about to break out. And, and any one of them would bleed and die for any of the rest of them. And they're all really good friends. And that's just how they talk to each other. So I think, I think that honesty is, is probably more appreciated and the colorfulness sticks, right? So it's something that, that's like, it's, it's just, uh, it's a way of, of uh, it's just the way they communicate. It's yeah. colorful and it's bold and it's, um, uh, it's abrasive <laughs> because. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's its own language. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I remember I was, uh, I was out with a buddy and he made fun of the Marines that were in the bar. Oh, that's not a good idea. Because <laughs> they were, they were having some shots. And they were doing a cheer, and my friend mimicked the cheer they were doing. <laughs> oh, like, no. <laughs> I'm oh, just no. I was like, well, I do not want to be part of this discussion that is about to happen because there was a big <laughs> Marine right behind him. All of a sudden, it's like, what did you have to say about Marines? And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, no, no, I just didn't want to get you guys around. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good cover <laughs> hey, nothing, will, nothing will make a friend qu- uh, quicker than buying a drink for uh for him <laughs> and it was a, it was a good friend this is this guy was always and of course of course he's a little guy this guy was probably about five four 120 pounds <laughs> and he was constantly almost getting my ass kicked Right. That's the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh shit, they're not gonna believe. It's like, no, no, guys, I'll help you kick the shit out of him. Really, <laughs> he needs to learn a lesson. <laughs> there was also, uh, are you guys MMA fans? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, he and I worked together, and we worked at a company that had a relationship with uh, Georgia Saint Pierre. Oh wow. And uh, GSP came into the office to sign autographs. Oh, that's cool. Uh, very cool. And he there was signing autographs, and, and my friend, uh, let's call him Joe, we're in line to get the autographs. And he sees GSP, and GSP has a very bad cauliflower ear, which is very common for people who wrestle or do map-based stuff. Right. And he just, Joe says, he's like, wow, geez, look at that ear. Man, that is a fucked up ear. Good Lord, can you imagine having an ear like that? And I was like, hey, uh, dude, uh, the ear here is fine. Yeah. You're talking very loud. And this guy makes a living kicking the shit out of people. Yeah. He <laughs> earned every bit of that ear. <laughs> he was literally just in a movie where he got into a fist fight with Captain America. So let's not piss this guy off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he held his own for a little bit, too, with Cap. So, yeah. <laughs> GSP is an incredible fighter, man. Yeah. yeah. Some of those, even some of the Gen 1 UFC fighters, man, I was like, nah. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no, there's no fight to be had. <laughs> These are guys who kind of like getting punched in the face, so you don't yeah, want to be dealing out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't as uh, it, it, quite the same thing. But I was at uh, my local comic shop one time. Was down, you know, I'm in North Carolina. It's one of the former WWE wrestlers, uh, Shane Helms, Hurricane Helms. He's from North Carolina, and I had ran into him there once or twice. And I, and I got the courage up to ask him because I was in line behind him in line. I said, hey, what are you doing here? Are you in town for a show? You know, because I knew he was a comic fan based on his character. He goes, no, nah, I live in North Carolina. So every time he flies in, he comes into the shop. You know, he signs autographs for, you know, the, the guys there. And he picks up his stuff and, he's, and he goes home. 
And I thought that was amazing. So I happened to be there one time and I'm bringing my roommate there and we're flying behind him again. And, and he's saying, like, and you know, we're doing the whispering, like, Hey, that's him, you know, but we're literally right behind him. And my buddy goes, <laughs> Hey, do you think if we both rushed him right now, we could take him? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, dude, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, in real life, he's only about ours. You know, he's not much bigger than us. He's about the same size as us, but he's, and at the time he wasn't as muscular, but he was, I mean, he's still way in better shape than we were. And he's also, you know, like you said, he beats up people for a living and takes bumps and does all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not going to even try this out. <laughs> no, I don't need this experience in my right. life. I mean, it'd be a hell of a story. That's for sure. It'd be better than one I just told, but. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that. Well, remember a couple of, uh, maybe it was 10 years ago that the father and son were at a baseball game and they rushed the first base coach. Oh yeah. I understand it's a story, but that's just, a, you're just beating an old man. Sometimes the story's not worth it. Right, right. Well, there was um, the notorious incident in Syracuse, New York, actually, with uh, Shawn Michaels back in the late 90s, mid 90s, and when he lost his smile on TV. And apparently he got beat up. Now, the story was always that he got beat up by like six Marines because he was messing with um, somebody's girlfriend. I think. And so, you know, for the longest time, it was like, oh, yeah, a bunch of Marines beat up Shawn Michaels. Uh, it turns out, I think they were 82nd airborne. No, not 82nd airborne. They were guys out of the, was it the 10th mountain division? Cause that's up there in upstate New York in uh, Fort drum, I think it is. And I, so I think the story was that, but yeah, he, he got drunk and started messing with the wrong girl and he didn't have his wrestler buddies, as many of his wrestler buddies there to back him up. And he got, he got his jaw broken or, <laughs> or his nose <laughs> broken or something. Something happened where he, he, uh, he got beat up pretty bad. Yeah, and it became, I remember that, and it became a fish story because, like, oh, there was eight Marines. It's like, no, nah, it was just one guy who just decided to deck you the shit out of you because you're being a drunken dick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I did see one of the, was one of the either podcasts I listened to or a little documentary I was talking about it. They, they made sure to specifically mention that Kevin Nash was not there that night because none of that would have happened if Nash was there because that guy is a beast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, actually, that's it. A... I actually had a friend who was at a bar that Kevin Nash was at, and the people who aren't familiar, he's very close to seven feet tall. Yeah. And he was at the bar, and Nash just reached over him to grab the beer, grabbed it, and like leaned back. And the guy turned back. He's like, "How how tall are you?" He's like, "I'm tall enough," and just walked away. That <laughs> sounds like something he would say. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I my. Buddy Mike's dad was like a, a trucker, and supposedly one of the stories was uh, King Haku or Ming in WCW. Uh, he is known to be the toughest wrestler out there, and apparently they were in town for a show, and they were at the same restaurant that all these truckers go to. Just, you know, late at night, you know, it's after hours, and you know they're there to you know just have, have dinner. But he came in and he kept supposedly the story I heard, I don't know how true it is. Ming was King Haku at the time. And he's, and he's going bow. he's in character, maybe a little inebriated bow to King Haku. And, and this little short, you know, trucker guy who was like, man, I don't bow to nobody. <laughs> Got his face. <laughs> Nothing happened. The guy started laughing, you know, Ming started laughing and just left it at that. But <laughs> I was like, and then I, all the stories I've heard about Ming, how he's literally the toughest guy on the face oh. of the planet. Yeah, there's stories of him ripping people's eyes oh. out and biting yeah. their nose. 
Uh, yeah, jo- ripping their teeth out with his thumb or something like that. It's like, oh my god. They they joke that if you put seventy five wrestlers in a room and uh, how many of them will Ming kill or or something, <laughs> or how quickly will Ming come out of the room or something like that. You know, um, real yeah, life so, uncle of the Rock or re- relative related yeah, to the Rock. Yeah, somehow somehow related to him. Yep, yeah. for sure. That's <laughs> crazy. Because <laughs> I know it was um. Oh, so off base here. Uh, recently, oh, not that long ago. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Johnson posted on his Instagram page, like, now Haku, like, works at a car dealership, like, at a Ford dealer. And yeah. The Rock stopped by and bought a truck for Haku because, uh, like, years ago, Haku, like, lent him his tights for his first wrestling match and stuff That's like cool. That. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about being Dwayne Johnson. You can be really nice to your uh, relatives who helped you out 20 years ago because he's yeah, just and it damn rich. nothing to do it because, yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't take away how cool it is, but. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, plenty of respect. I mean, there's a lot of people that would have just ignored it, but. Right. There's plenty of rich people who have that kind of money that don't do that. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's cool. Well, let's, let's try to get back on track and wrap this minute up before we do that. Chuzu just after they have their little conversation, he, he mentions, Oh, one and one. Yeah. And, uh, Gunny's like, say again, he said, major powers, one dark and cloudy morning stated that Sergeant major, you're Oh, one and one. Well, the minute ends before he says the second one again, but spoiler alert, he says, Oh, one and one, which I funny that Sergeant may, or I'm sorry, major powers, Said the the sergeant manager, you are o one and one. It's you know, that's like it's not like you know he's winning a lot of wars and supply. Sorry, supply guys, but you know. Well, I just think it's funny. Of, I mean, he never gets into why he brings that up one dark and cloudy morning, but yeah. that just and we've already seen evidence that Major Powers is not a very nice guy. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, it just seems like a dick thing to say is what I, you know, like yep. why why even bring that up? Like yep. why why shit on somebody that's put given, you know, 20 to 30 years of his life to the core. Yep. And just I mean there's really no rhyme or reason why he would say that to Sergeant Major, you know. Yeah. Kind of get kind of get divorced from like a, a Playboy playmate and then just having your boss walk up to you and say, "Yeah, man, she was really hot. That must fucking suck." And then just goes back in and gets him a donut and some coffee. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a dick thing to do, man. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I think so much of it is Powers wants to be a badass. And he's convinced he's a badass. And it's sort of a thing of saying, uh, you, you know, you, you think you're so tough. You have, so you know, all these war stories. But you've never been part of the winning team. And... It's like an implied, it's like if Powers was there, if Powers the ones was doing this, he'd be able to, he would have won. Like somehow he has this grandiose idea is like, oh, that's because they weren't as smart as me or weren't as clever or weren't as good a soldier. And even when we first meet Powers, he says like he hasn't had the privilege of combat. Like, oh, this is something that he hasn't had a chance to dabble in. Major Powers is every bit of the Monday morning quarterback where if he was in charge and he was calling the plays, he would have been able to. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, no, <laughs> he's not that guy. I, I see exactly what you're saying, man. And he, I think you're right. I think he, he, he may have that uh, delusions of grandeur, but 
and, and this it's a thing that's so common because it's the male ego and so many guys think it, it, you see it with people who believe they would have been a great soldier or a great athlete or whatever like anything like manly like that is like oh i would have you know i, I would have killed everyone on the field or i would have scored the winning touchdown and stuff and it's always very satisfying to watch those people get taken down a peg. Uh, there was a show a couple of years back called pros versus Joe's where it was like just <laughs> schlubs off the street who were maybe have been good high school athletes competing in a basketball tournament against former NBA players and just watching the look on their face when they realize like, Oh, I'm not even in the same league as these people. <laughs> and that's what you're looking for with with powers is this guy who's so confident that he's a badass and he's gonna that he's actually like a strategic genius and every turn that he goes up against highway no nah, he gets his ass handed to him every time either physically or just no you, you don't know what the hell you're doing on the battlefield i think you're right i i, I didn't think about that but yeah it's it's almost like he's belittling him to prop himself up basically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good theory. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Well, they, they have more of this conversation next minute. So what, what do you say we finish this and then we get into more of what this whole one of one is all about next minute. Oh yeah. Sounds great. Brad, you want to you know, throw some plugs out, uh, you know, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Sounds great. I uh, am the host and co-founder of the cosmic Geppetto podcast. You can uh, find our uh, listeners page on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Cosmic Geppetto. It's a fun pop culture podcast. We you know, talk about uh, movies, comic books, uh, music, TV, uh, basically anything geeky. Uh, we talk about it lovingly. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We're coming up very soon. We'll be uh, hitting our 200th episode. Wow which is nothing compared to what you guys are doing with minute by minute. You know, you guys minute by minutes, they had 200 episodes in a couple months, but uh, we've been doing this for about four years now, having a great time and uh, very much enjoy your listeners to give us a, to give us a listen. Yeah. Hit them up guys. If you got, neither of you guys have anything else for this minute, we'll tell everybody to come back on Wednesday. We'll do minute 65. And of course, everybody knows where to find us at on Facebook and Twitter and all that good fun stuff. So uh, you guys got anything? No, nah, man. Before we come back for next minute, you guys want to go get drunk, howl the moon, maybe get busted back to a bunch of no uh, no podcasting civilians? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. I'm already half in the bag from the wine I've been drinking, so sure. Perfect. They're in. Yeah, I've been drinking uh, lead slinger or uh, yeah, lead slingers bourbon. So yeah, and I'm hitting the mead.